The Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. episode of the Provoke Media Podcast titled Wellness is Wealth, Putting Employee Wellness First is Good Business. I'm Megan Keoghan, host of today's episode, and joining me today are MMC CEO Olga Fleming and Chief People Officer Diane Fakuri to discuss why wellness programs are not just a nice to have, but a necessity for business models in 2023. Our hope is that today's listeners can all leave with some new tactic, tactics and strategies for building a culture prioritizing well-being. Olga, Diane, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Megan. Thank you for the opportunity. What an important um, topic area to discuss. So we're super excited. Fantastic. Well, Olga, since you you jumped in first, let's. Um, would you mind giving us a quick intro about yourself, your new role at MMC, um, and a little why this is such a passionate topic for you? Sure. So I'm Olga Fleming. I'm the new CEO of MMC. Um, I've been in communications now for this year, marks my 30th year. And this has been such a wonderful and exciting industry to be a part of. And I am honored that Marina Mar has um, passed the baton to me at a time when we're thinking about reinventing how we uh do communications, how we create environments for our people, create environments for our clients to thrive. And as part of taking on the challenge of being MMC's new CEO for the next 40 years, I'm excited in how I'll work with um, uh, partners like Diane, who's on on the podcast today, on how we're going to truly establish a home for people and really rethink and reimagine what the workplace can be. Also rethink and reimagine how people can thrive at work. So I'm excited for today's conversation. Thanks. And how about you, Diane? I'd love to hear a little bit about your role as Chief People Officer. And um, I'm sure you'll you'll echo a lot of um, Olga's sentiments about why this is so uh, exciting and such an important topic, but from your perspective, why you are really so happy that we are talking about it today. I am. I am. Well, first off, my name is Diane Fakori. I'm the Chief People Officer at MMC. Um, I have been in the industry for a very long time. I have an interesting background because I spent half of it on the business side and half of it on the talent side. Um, we have seen a massive amount of change, obviously, but um, as a Chief People Officer, no two days are ever the same in my world. Um, and I do just about everything, as you can imagine, on the talent, um, on, on all facets of the talent life cycle. So everything from attraction and recruitment, compensation, onboarding, learning and development, change management, um, or design. So uh, I do everything from being a, a senior strategist to a counselor to our employees and also to our, our executive team. And I think... Um, for me, just uh, you can imagine the change over the past five years uh, since I've taken on this role. Um, and I, I think I'm like Olga. I think we're coming into something beautiful um, at our company, but I think in the world because we're coming out of the COVID land and uh, social and well, I don't know if we'll ever come out of social unrest, but I just think it's, it's a massive amount of change. 
Um, and I think we are so inspired by our, our, our employees and the feedback that they give us. And I think our programs have taken on new life and wellness is one of them. And it's, it's a good day, I think, to be uh, me and Olga and the work that we're doing right now for our employees. Thank you. Uh, it is really, you both have brought up um, such a key point of why this is so um, uh, poignant to be talking to MMC of all places today on this subject, um, uh, an agency that has gone through quite the big change in uh, this past quarter, um, kind of on, on the cusp of a new era um, and some, some new leadership visions that are all really exciting. And then coupled with, to your point, Diane, uh, coming out of this COVID moment, the change that we're all kind of navigating, yes. it's a lot for MMC this year. It's a lot. It's all a good. Lot. All good. <laughs> all positive things. Like you said, Diane, a, a good day to be here and be talking about these things. So um, without further ado, I kind of wanted to kick us off with a stat that sort of sets the tone for um, why this is so poignant today, so relevant. Um, according to recent findings from McKinsey, 42% of women said that they are consistently burned out at work, while 35% of men report feeling burned out. Millennials, Gen Z, Gen X, all shared similar burnout rates in the, the 50s to 60s. Um, these are some concerning, concerning numbers. Um, and I know that you all have looked quite a lot um, at numbers like these, you've done a little of your own research, you've done your own in-house research. Um, where do we, I'll, I'll send this to you first, Anne, where do we start when numbers like that are kind of a giant red flag? Right, well, you know what? We can look at this stat. I, I think we would be, we've looked at this stat, we've looked at a number of stats. We're gonna talk about those stats, but I wanna talk about, I think where it started, if that's okay, because, yeah. I think we have to go back a couple of years because I think it started there. Um, and, and I want to talk about, because I've taken this job five years ago and the first year that I took it um, uh, was very different than the second year. And, and I want to talk about that first. And then, because I, I feel like it's, it's why wellness means so much to us at MMC and RxM. Um, the, the year, it, it was crazy, the pandemic. It was it, my, my life that first year and my life the second and then and then going forward was was really was really crazy. Like most companies, um, we the pandemic shifted our talent strategy so quickly um, because uh, everything changed. We had we had uh, a tri-state kind of um strategy. And then it, uh, we, we lost a lot of employees who left the tri-state. They, um, they left, we moved from three, three areas to 17. They were remote. They were working, um, a, a very different way. Um, and I think it did cause a lot, um, to be supportive of that, of that quote that you gave us. So we, we pivoted fast and we pivoted quickly that, uh, wellness became our new wealth. It really did. It became our new wealth. It became the most important initiative that we have probably taken on so that we could combat that exact same thing for all of our employees. I think for us, um, the one thing that is extremely important is the listening factor. We listen really intently to what our 
companies uh, have said to us over the past few years, flexibility, wellness, well-being, uh, thriving, connecting, and a place that is important for them, not just for their career, but what it does for that, for that safety. And I think that that's really important. Um, I, I, I just think that the world has changed what's important in the workplace um, and how we adapt and adapt quickly. Um, but it is no joke that the workday and how to change and adapt so that we can combat exactly that is really, really important. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And, you know, what I would add um, is that, you know, every company saw such a really interesting talent environment, especially in communications, which is the area that we all work we saw a significant amount of availability of jobs and not as many people. And so every agency, every company uh, experienced turnover uh, and as part of that turnover, experienced new people coming into the organization. And, you know, the, the challenge that we've all had is how do we engage this new um new staff, new people, and how do we build culture? Um, and what we found was, and, you know, it's very interesting because, you know, the, the usual ways of building culture really weren't working. No. So we have to, we have to pivot and we had to pivot in many ways in order to build cultural connection with a lot of people um, on several things. And this was happening uh, against a backdrop where, you know, our people's priorities were changing. You know, I don't know if there was as much emphasis, for example, on mental health programming as it, as, as before, let's say the, the pandemic. Um, I think I saw a survey that said from Deloitte that said that 88% of millennials believe employers should take care of employee mental health. And that's something that has increased significantly in the last three years. Uh, people who come to us also want to make sure that we not only care about their day-to-day -day work, but also their career advancement. And so we're seeing a lot more asks, a lot more, um, I guess, uh, a need for career development programs that go just that go beyond just uh, a coaching here and there, right? Um, career development opportunities are so important. And I think a LinkedIn survey said something like 94% of employees would stay at a company longer if that company invested in their career development. And that's a big number. That's everybody almost. So, you know, one of the things that we have to think about is what are those areas that we really need to lean into um, as we reshape what the new kind of workforce cultural environment is. And I would think that they have to include things like not wellness programs, but we need to double click on that mental health programs, um, you know, programs that really deeply understand how people want to excel in their career and help them uh, tailor career development opportunities. Um, we also can't forget DNI initiatives. 
you know, a lot of people want to be part of organizations that are diverse, that um, have opportunities to ensure that they, they're not only um, kind of talk the purpose language, but they live the purpose language because people want to be a part of that, right? I mean, we say some of our, our customers or some of our clients come to us and say they want to make sure that their consumers see them as purpose-driven companies. We need to be purpose-driven companies ourselves. So, you know, a lot changed, but, you know, what's interesting for me is that your typical person that comes into work every day is requiring much more out of their employer and because they spend a lot of time here. And so I would say that, you know, going kind of full circle, the burnout is also a part and parcel of the fact that I'm not quite sure we as employers are doing a great job ensuring that we are supporting people at the end of the day so that yes, they work long hours, but do they feel supported? So um, the, you know, I don't know what you think, Diane, but I think that that's, you know, there's some new dynamics and new areas that we have to make sure as employers, we're helping people around. Absolutely. Well, I'll just jump in also to say, like, I think when we talk about this new era and this, this new season, if you will, We've never had something that universally the world all walked through together with a, with a great big reality check about what matters in life. And I think it, my own opinion would be that it has shifted a lot of our own priorities to take better care of ourselves so we can take better care of the people in our own worlds and our lives and shifting just a, a reminder of why we work and, and what that is fueling for us? Is, is it that work is our be all end all? Or is it that work is something that we enjoy and we thrive in, but it also allows us to take care of our families or, or be around our families. So there's, there's a lot of um, unexpected things just because we haven't all, we haven't seen the world all walk through that reality check experience together until now. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's so nicely said. I think we've when I said earlier, the listening part has become so incredibly important. Um, we have a lot of mechanisms now where we listen and we've learned not only to listen, but to share that back. Here's what you said. Here's how we've adjusted. Here's how uh, we're going to do something about it. That it's become um, really critical um, for us. And I think what you're talking about also is that kindness part. Um, we've become much more um, the connecting, the doing, the sharing, and the kindness. We have this new platform, which is called You Matter. And I know it sounds so simple. I know it sounds so simple, but we just, we, we have been so open with them about how much they matter to us. And if you walked in our office here in New York, um, you would see posters all over that just remind them how much they matter. But even right down to things like the the law about salary transparency, which doesn't sound sexy or anything, but we, we have that as part of our platform on like everything that we are doing has that thread in it. Because really at the end of the day, it is about them. And it, if we didn't have 
our employees, we are nothing without them. And so really that, that kindness and that, that notion of in our hearts, it really is about our employees. Like everything that we are doing, everything across the board is about them. And yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I, I, I'm going to just key in on something said, which is transparency yep. and vulnerability. And it's interesting because, uh, you know, in leading teams and leading agencies, there were things that you kind of kept to the core, right? Um, because you always felt like you were protecting the larger staff. And what we've all learned, I believe, in the last four years or three years is that vulnerability and transparency is important. We need to be very transparent with our people in order to bring them on the journey with us as we celebrate successes, but also solve challenges that we have. And sometimes that means looking at ourselves in the mirror um, and not loving what we see, but at least we have that opportunity. So as a, for instance, you know, Diane talks about We've been surveying our staff on a regular basis. You know, typically some of those surveys were kind of kept confidential. We don't do that anymore. We open it up and we've been giving people the raw data just so that they could see here's, here's how we're doing. Wow. We're not doing great in this. Oh, wow. Look, we're doing amazing in that. But by being open with people and saying, here are the things that we have to work on. Who has any ideas? How do we move the organization um, so that it's not just two, three, four, ten people in a room figuring it out? And I think the transparency and the vulnerability, because I think you have to show some form of vulnerability as a leader to be able to go out there and say, hey, you know, we're having some challenges, let's say here. We're not that great in certain areas, right? But that opens you up to say, hey, let's fix it together, you know, and let's figure out a solution that everybody feels is much more, you know, uh, effective. You know, I, I will never forget, I had, um, I had this once great idea. I was like, well, we're going to have this great idea. We're going to do this program and it's going to make people feel so amazing and they're going to feel connected. This is a few years back. And uh, I remember there was a, a someone fairly junior who knocked on my door, my office, and she came in and she said, yeah, you know that program? I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> I was like, really? They were like, yeah, um, it, it doesn't feel genuine. And I was like, oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much. And I appreciated that feedback. But now what we're doing is we're making it easier for people to give us that feedback in the moment. So now when we concoct programs, because, you know, we're all kind of like, hey, maybe we do this uh, because we're all trying to get people back together. Also, Uh, we're like, do you guys think this is a good idea? Anything you would change? How would you feel? You know, uh, and I have to tell you, we've gotten feedback that has been amazing because it's not its not like, oh, well, we don't like it. It's like, if we tweak this or how about we add that? And some of our programs that we've launched this year with Diane and her team's help, 
have all been crafted with a lot of different input. And I would say that's the biggest pivot I've seen. I have to agree. And you know what? I have to agree. It used to be we were so afraid to do that. (laughs) It used to be where it was, here's here's the program. Just here's the program. And I think during the pandemic, it was probably one of the biggest things that we learned because that feedback, that honesty, that transparency, asking for their input. Um, the wellness program is one of those things. We'll, we'll circle back to that. But um, now we are not we are not really afraid of that input and that working together. We've done it with our values with them. That was one of the biggest. It was it was so beautiful to try to get almost two hundred people to do an entire value session where they are they are working with us actually on it. They own it. They're proud. They are so proud and look for the space because it's coming soon. But um, they're proud to be a part of the journey. And it was really a beautiful lesson. Um, and the the wellness program, we can circle back and, and pull it back to that. But um, we've our, our, I think we had to also up our game on what we were doing. And you had we had talked before about like some of the some of the lessons, you know, we used to think that you should have a billion different things. You should have a billion different things and everybody will be happy. What we've learned is less is more and you should have a couple of key things. And those key things should be really well done. Right. And at the top of the list, the number one thing that during this whole pandemic and during this whole time, the number one thing was the wellness program. Our employees said that that is really what we really want. We have a wonderful, and, and DE and I was then second. And, um, you know, the, the even the learning and development is weaved into wellness. And, you know, we, I, I, I'm really proud because this year, and, and it's been evolving, but this year it's all about mind, body, and soul. And that was even through their feedback. That's what they needed this year. They needed it to evolve a little bit more in that spirit, and it was also crafted in in, um, in through through um, learning what other top companies were were looking at as as trends and our own research. And you know, we we look at it through six dimensions of wellness. So it's very it's very very rich and deep. I mean, it is. I'm proud of it because I think it's one of the best that that I've seen. Um, and we won't go through all of it because <laughs> it will take too long. But, you know, through a couple of different, you know, the environmental part, just one of the ideas is that you can work anywhere for four weeks on the planet that you want to. You just have to be on East Coast hours. The intellectual, because this is where you 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 spend like a couple of, this is through the lens of wellness, but, um, you know, failing fast. And, and they helped us craft kind of the different things that they were looking for. Um, and a stipend to do any type of learning that you want, any type. You could you could do it to learn how to cook better if you want, or you could do it to develop your own craft. It's really, it's suited for you. Um, and physical um, is through daily harvest where you can build your own pantry of healthy healthy living and healthy foods. Um, we're, we're testing that right now, whether you come into the office or if you're at home. And then spiritual, just one more example is, we gave everyone the Calm app and we're getting huge, 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 huge um, thumbs up on that. But instead of just one Calm app, we gave them actually six, one for them and five that they could give to their friends. So we're just, 
we're just trying to do, you know, some different things um, where it's, and, and we have so much more for the, for the program, but it really is all about this mind, body, and soul. Um, and it, it's just a, it's been, it's been a really, really wonderful program that has evolved. And I know, we, uh, Olga, you wanted to talk about a couple other of our programs, like Make Your Mark. I don't know if you wanted to touch on that one. Can sure. I actually yeah. interject and, and ask a, a quick question that I know some of our listeners are probably going to be asking is, how did you, um, it, and it just sounds so kind of like rudimentary, if you will, but um, what what was it about the question formulation or the survey, the way that the surveys form, formed uh, that you felt elicited very authentic feedback oh. from your, your staff and um, kind of a twofold question how, in what way did you can convince them that this was a safe place to be honest and transparent in their feedback? Um, Cause I think especially in um, eras of the past when things were maybe not shared widely um, to suddenly everything's out in the open. How do I know my boss isn't reading my specific criticisms? How do I know, you know, like um, how, how did you navigate that? That's great. Um, do you want to answer it, Olga, or I can? You have the yeah. the background, Diana. Yes. Well, um, we've done it a couple of different ways. Um, so most recently, um, we we asked some open ends, um, and part of it. One one thing I'll say before I get to that, we uh, made a very uh, open promise that this would be shared and it would be shared quickly after we did the survey. Um, that was, that was a declaration and, and we did it very quickly after we did it in three parts. We did a uh, very quick uh, raw data. Um, this is what we're seeing in the data without doing a deep analysis so that they knew we meant business. Mm -hmm. um, and then in the, in the design of the survey, uh, we asked for open ends on top of the survey itself um, and made sure that they knew that um, it, it was okay. We asked them, how could we improve? Um, we asked them um, a couple of very key questions on um, uh, on the design, but uh, one was how, how could we constantly improve? And then uh, the second part of that was we decided in the design of the actual um, survey itself, that instead of doing uh, multiple surveys, um, we were going to do pulses. Uh, and the pulse was to keep us honest and to show them that the pulses were going to be on our progress. So that is how we're doing it. And we're coming up on our very first pulse. We've done 13 um, different uh, um, items in the last three months on um, these are the things that we've just launched. So the pulse will be on how have we, how have we done? We mean business. Wow. We mean business. <laughs> but it's also, I would say it's also, you know, for, um, it's very, you can't just turn the page overnight, mm -hmm. right? You have to make sure that all of the leaders and, and in our case, all of our executive team leaders wanted to have those honest conversations with people. I mean, the, the survey was anonymous. So, you know, we really couldn't attribute it back to any particular person, although we knew kind of team from a team perspective where feedback came from. But 
I think it's also the tone you set, Megan, that's very important because, you know, for me as, you know, in leading this agency, I make it very well known that, you know, please come to me good, bad, ugly. I want to know, I want to hear, and I want to know and hear in the moment, you know, so it's very important for us to um, be approachable like that. Um, And one of the things that I've even done in a very, uh, since I've, I've, um, Marina passed the baton is I have open office hours where anybody can come. It's an hour once a week where we talk about anything. We could talk about, um, things that are keeping people up at night or things that they're excited about, things that they need help with, or, you know, an upcoming vacation or, who knows, a book that they've read or a show that they're watching. But I think that the whole culture of an organization needs to change for people to feel open to come on knock on somebody senior's door and say, hey, you know, you know, the email you sent out, it wasn't great. I don't know if I would have chosen those words. <laughs> and, you know, and it's wonderful. Like I had somebody the other day, we sent out an email on a company initiative and somebody took the time to say, Hey, this was a great email. Like, I love how, you know, you characterize this. And I know it was kind of like a difficult thing to communicate. Love those kinds of things, but you have to create an environment where people are open to giving that feedback, good or bad. Um, so, yeah, I agree with Absolutely. you. Well, I will, I segued us, but I know that you were um, teeing Olga up there for for some of the other initiatives that you're working on and, and sort of the learnings around around those initiatives. Yeah, so, you know, it's interesting. Um, uh, one is obviously we have a, uh, a good, good portion of people that I would say is remote now, uh, as most organizations do. And, you know, I think in the early days, we tried to do happy hours, or try to do the things that we would do in person, but make them virtual. And I think that was one of the things that I think all of us, not just MMC, but I think the whole industry probably was like, okay, it made it, it might've worked for a couple of times, but after a while, no one joined or nobody found it very productive or beneficial for that matter. So we've really started to think about how we engage people and build culture in different ways. Um, And even looked at, you know, companies that are fully remote or companies that like Google and others that uh, promote a remote culture. So, you know, for us, we, um, we, didn't we were doing meditation sessions we we have this work from anywhere program we um we're doing instead of doing lunches for people who are in the office uh we now have a a relationship with daily harvest where everybody gets an opportunity to have lunch either in their house or in the office so we've kind of rethought about how we bring people together and and create programming that is inclusive of everyone because that was one of the things that we heard kind of early on, which is as people were going back into the office, for example, 
you know, what about the people who weren't going into an office and how do we include them as part of that experience? So we've really thought about that. We're also providing people with um, a subscription to the Calm app. We're doing some pretty cool trainings, which I'll throw it to Diane to talk about. But again, we've rethought about the types of programmings we do, the programming that we do. We might be losing you for a, a bit there, Olga. Um, just uh, <laughs> Wi-Fi glitches. But um, Diana, this I will actually just kind of pose a question to you of of something that Olga has brought up, which was, um, and it, it stood out to me in um, our conversations with um, uh, some of your team when we were prepping for this call, which is um, somebody mentioned, and I I am certain that he was not. Uh, paid to say it, but he had commented about what a unique experience it was as a remote employee to have so many of those um, offerings or opportunities mirrored in a remote sense. And I think that is such a um, complicated question um, that many folks are dealing with right now. Like, how do we make this mirrored or how do we make it as attractive Um for our remote employees, especially when there's like the that that divide of an in-office team versus the out-of-office team, right. uh, and and feeling like one doesn't have a leg up on the other so much. So we've been working really hard on that this year, to be honest, because uh, that was uh, a piece of feedback that was given to us at the tail end of last year, and we've been working really hard on how do we make sure that the remote employees are connected to um, all of us. And we've been doing that actually in a couple of different ways. One is in, in the bigger plan that we have, um, also in the cities where they are, where they can uh, be connected within their cities, but close by with other remote employees. Um, and then also through technology, that, that was the other piece that sometimes poor Olga but sometimes um, <laughs> technology is not our friend. Um, and so we've been working with our IT group on are there ways that we can actually incorporate IT um, to be our friend. So we're looking at, uh, the, you know, I'll give you an example. There's, we're looking at this fun way to incorporate having coffee chats with each other um, and you can sign up. Have you seen that you can sign up for yes. it on Outlook, right? And so we're looking at interesting ways to make sure that we are well connected. And that was one of the things where I started in the beginning of my of my conversation to say that being connected to one another, no matter where you are, is one of the most important things. So our programming, we are setting aside budgets for those that are in. People have like raised their hand. They want to be part of our committee for um, making sure that we're all connected, number one, no matter where you are. And then number two, if you're in these bigger, you know, in these other markets that you have a budget where you can all get together for when we have a, let's say we have a holiday lunch in, in the New York office, then you have a holiday lunch in California or Chicago yeah. or so, and then, and then how can we stay connected just, you know, in general with some of these other things that we're looking into, like the coffee chats. So, yeah. We, we 
that's one of our biggest things this year to try to, you know, make sure that we are, that we are tackling um, because it's important. People all want to be connected. It's important. And it's a, it's one of those things, like we can all talk about culture all day long and, and talk about all the ways that we can make it better. And it's all really so much trial by error. But um, I think one of the biggest hurdles that, you know, I have these these kinds of conversations a lot um, with various agency um, leaders or um, people, officers talking about how they're working on, on culture. And and there's such a divide or a rift between the at home and in office. And that is a really, really tricky one that that nobody, I think, has totally figured out yet. So um, I was. Uh, just sharing with Diane that it was really interesting to hear one of your um, employees talking in our prep call about how unique the experience had been um, of having like the commitment to mirroring in office opportunities to remote. Um, and, I, and I know many of our folks today are, are also curious about how you guys are doing it. Yep. And I'm sorry you lost me. My <laughs> <laughs> IT was unstable and then I logged back on and I heard you talking about IT. Anyway, I I think that that's exactly it. So we're all experimenting, right? And, you know, they'll be, I mean, I'll talk to people and they'll be like, oh, well, we're doing this and it's going so well. Yes. But I think we're in a place right now where we're all experimenting. I don't think we've landed in what the new workplace environment is going to look like. Um, it is going to be a hybrid model. I think companies are all changing, um, you know, their footprint as far as corporate space is concerned. Some companies have gone fully remote. Other companies are trying to get people back together because they believe in collaboration as a way of learning and developing. So I don't know if we have anybody's figured it out. We're all experimenting and we're all trying to do a good job in creating an environment for people to thrive. Um, we're going to make mistakes. And, you know, I, you know, my advice is be open with your people and your staff that you're going to try a few things. Some things will land. Some things may not. Um, but we need to kind of work together and provide a, an environment where people can give that feedback so that we can learn and then progress and move forward. So it's a very interesting time. I'm super excited that I'm able to um, move an agency forward at a time where we're actually redefining what the workplace is going to look like. So it's pretty cool, although I'm sure, you know, it has, you know, it's share of challenges, but it's a pretty cool time to be, <laughs> you know, working with people on building culture. Absolutely. And it, it's, you know, in all of these conversations, there are, there are the the takeaways, the, the things that worked, the things that didn't. And, it, and I hear it over and over that um, the key thing or the, you know, the secret sauce is to being open to flexibility, to yes. evolving, listening, learning, and and some of those are not as concrete as we want them to be, right? Like we want the roadmap or we want the, the directory of what's going to work. Um, but nope. I think what MMC is modeling here in this conversation today is, is that it really, it re really requires an authentic um, and sincere 
effort, um, not just checking the boxes. And that's what I hear from both of you is um, really the the genuine element of, of wanting to be better and wanting to be in the, the conversation together. And um, so, yeah, I think we can talk about like the really awesome, uh, I was going to say you week, but I, I just totally lost it. The, um, your initiative. You matter, okay. really talk. you matter day. Um, <laughs> I'm here to make it a week for all your employees. Well, so. you matter every day. But you matter every day. That's yeah. right. Yes. Um, but yes, there, there are these initiatives that lead, lead to that type of growth and that culture change. And that's, right. um, that's really interesting to talk about today. Um, I think we are, we are encroaching time here, but um, parting thoughts, this has flown by, even, even when you were gone for such a short period. Olga. <laughs> we missed you, Olga. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Diane, no, hurting just, thoughts. What do you think? Well, you know, first off, thank you for having us because um, Olga and I could talk about this topic all day. And I, um, I know Olga said it. I will say it. We're really proud to be where we are right now. Um, it's it's good to be here with our strategy and and with our people and with the initiatives and where we've come. I, I love that you have this as a topic. It's very near and dear to our hearts. Um, thank you for it because uh, it, it is really critical. It is a, it, it, our initiatives, the thinking behind it, the, the strategic intent of it all. Um, it, it's, we're seeing success with it. And I think at the, at the end of the day, it really is about our employees. They do matter to us. Um, and um, we, we're seeing results as a result of, of the, impact and the, and the things that we're doing. So it's a pleasure to talk about it. And, and we couldn't thank you enough for, for having us. So um, I appreciate it. I know Olga will want to have closing thoughts. <laughs> uh, so for me, it's two things. Uh, uh, so since the pandemic, we've had Gen Z enter the workforce. And we need to be mindful that the way that Gen Xers work or even boomers work may have worked at a certain point in time. But Gen Z is going to school us on how they want their future work environment to look like. And it's important for us to bring them under the tent and be okay and vulnerable with them so that we build something very future forward. Uh, which leads me to my sec second thing, which is if you do everything with empathy, you're going to be good. So again, empathy is such an important component. People come to the workplace with a lot of different needs and being empathetic and really listening, as Diane said earlier, that's how you create programming that is going to make a difference. So that's it. But thank you so much, Megan. This has been such a great topic. And I hope that we're going to hear more on this as well. Absolutely. Um, thank you to MMC today for joining us. Uh, we are so grateful. Uh, and we look forward to having you join us on our next podcast. This has been the Provoke Media Podcast. And I am Megan Kyogen. You've been listening to the Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media 
and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers.